was a, a girl that was a lesbian. And we lived together for like four years. Y'all so share? I was around a lot of gay people. Did y'all share? Did we fuck each other? No, share. Share? Yeah. Oh, girls? Nah. She's too jealous. Yeah. So, Aren't most women? I walked in a couple times on it, eating out the other girl. That was pretty cool. Did you say Well, no, actually, well, it? see, no, actually, one, eventually one of her girlfriends she was with had, so had a crush on me. And, um, I don't know, I'm no genius, but I kind of feel like she had never been with a dude before because the way she acted around me was really awkward. I don't know how to really describe it, but uh, she just brought some weird She brought some weird vibes. And, like, <laughs> is this rolling? <laughs> Chandler's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, dude, I got a lot of stories, honestly, from music stories to... Oh yeah, sex we, stories we got an to hour to, uh, talk. to drug stories Man, to uh, like those. got all kinds of fuck. And this dude's <laughs> only nineteen. Stories. He's probably what? you're nineteen. He has more yeah. stories than me. <laughs> yeah, bro, bro. This dude, this dude had a heroin addiction and kicked it by like seventeen or some shit. Like <laughs> he was fucking. Yeah, man. <laughs> he was uh, he was living it up uh, young. I mean, it was. Just you know. it wasn't like living it up. It was like just being caught in the wrong place. I've never time. done. I've never done that shit. Adapting I mean, to the lifestyle. <laughs> I've always thought about it though, but I've never. Heroin. I've never done it. Ah uh, shit. Yeah, I've never done it. Yo, I got yeah. questions for you about how that felt. <laughs> All right, yeah, bro. It's not, <laughs> I mean, it's not like I want to do it, man. I just, I, I mean. It's just like, yo, you've done something I haven't did, so you got an experience. <laughs> I feel yeah, like dude. I want to do it. I just feel like it'll fuck my life up. I, I feel like my life's already kind of fucked up. Dude, it could be somebody's like, so, like, fuck you know. It could be somebody's gain or somebody's complete downfall. Yeah. You know? I feel like that would be the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Or the needle that broke my skin <laughs> that ruined my life. <laughs> you want to think about it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure it feels awesome though. I'm a downer that's, guy. That's like I like, I like too good for your own good. You know, like it's too good for your own good. Like you want it too much all the time. Like it like becomes a, a problem. I'm into like, like codeine and fucking tabs and Xanax and same. Like I mean, I can get prescribed Xanax though for that PTSD shit. Yeah, Xanax don't really fuck me up the same way it fucks most people up. Like it just makes me feel normal and like. Relaxed, which makes me feel high because I don't ever feel that way. <laughs> How fucked up is that? I mean, goddamn. Xanax used to help before, like, before shows and shit. Like, not even for, not just kind of like because I was stage right, but like I used to try to like turn up or whatever before the show, and I used to try to just get silly and then fucking Xanax would help. But like then it kind of came went to a point where I was like not doing fucking Xanax all the time, and then. I started again because I was like, man, because after I kicked that heroin, I was I just wanted I was looking for other shit. You had to replace it. Yeah, I was like trying to find something. Not necessarily replace it because I tried to kick everything at that point. Cause I was like, I don't need to do anything because like, I was doing this shit so like heavy. And then after that, I got more used to being like, I don't know, a regular, regular like teenager, I guess, which is, I don't know, drinking and fucking like smoking butt and just, I don't know, what regular kids do, not just... Doing heroin all the time. Or we just like doing heroin all the time. It sounds like a forty-year-old problem. It is a forty-year-old like, problem <laughs> for real. Like, at least you it's got problems it, you got of forty. I felt like you know, have problems like that. That's what that's what forty-year-olds do with heroin addiction. It was 
it was a Basquiat. Was, yeah, I mean, it was one of those like additions, like where it was bittersweet. <clears throat> like you knew you were fucking up, but you also like but knew that you were getting felt so good. Like, you were like, feeling you know, really, really good. Like, you yeah, like, damn, really give a fuck. Yeah. Hey, yo, Steve. When can we start rolling? This is... Oh, oh shit, shit! For real? Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you okay with that being broadcast? Uh, oh shit! Yeah, I, I guess. Mean, I mean, it's a I mean, podcast. It's I talk about I don't, everything. Yeah, I, mean. I don't really care, man. I mean, as long as, as long as, uh, <laughs> as long as, uh, you sure you cool with that? I uh, mean, yeah. You know, we talked about this shit before. There's certain names that I can't name, but we I will didn't tell get that. stories about things. But I'll change the uh, word. Change oh, the shit. names. Let me Pro- get to this protect the people. <laughs> involved in the story. What up? Yo, my name is Chandler Watson. This is Don't Call It a Podcast. We're in the Breathing Rhythm Studios. Steve is behind Steve in the back. The He's not beating off today because there's not a woman in here. Mm-mm. We got. There didn't have to be a woman in here for that, man. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> but you don't want to do it in front of four dudes. <laughs> Why not? No. <laughs> fuck with y'all. Guys. No. Fuck with We got Chip Mantis. Chip Mantis. Chip Mantis. And we got Igloo Panda in the building. Igloo Panda. Panda. I'm thinking about changing my Facebook name. They're going to make me change my Facebook shit. Seriously? So I'm thinking about changing it to, like, Iglusius Pananopolis. Iglusius Pananopolis. Yeah, I'm However I can figure out how to spell those words to make them work. Well, why, why are they going to make you change your name for? I don't know, because it's not my real name. No. Oh. No. Oh, they, yeah, like, they, they are about the real name. Yeah, they were like, they were like uh, you have seven days to change your name. That's why I or, or, give us, or give us, uh, like, a driver's license uh Proof that this is your real name. I don't like know. you got to send in your actual. I didn't read all the shit. ID. Did they email you? Send you like a, a yeah. message? Or yeah, it was message? like a message. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't take it serious. It's a fucking message. Yeah, it could be. Could be some. Uh, some bots. If you get something in the mail, like the actual snail mail, then you probably worry about that. Could be some bots. Could be. All right. So mm-hmm. let's. Look. We was talking about addiction. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't even ask if it was rolling because. Uh, like, <laughs> but I mean. I don't know. It's real, and I enjoyed it. I yeah. didn't like actually enjoy listening to you suffer, but it, oh. it's like you you lived through it. So yeah, dude. Like all right, so like I got into I don't know, just doing bad shit at a young age, and it was it was due to because like my brother he like he he had a lot of homies, and he was just into that same lifestyle as well. So like with that being said, there's a lot of like, me being a younger brother, I want to look up to my older brother and, I don't know, kind of do what he's doing because I thought all that shit was just cool in general. Like, you know, just getting high, just being that dude all the time. And then didn't realize what it was really like until I, I guess I thought it was cool, exactly. Came into it thinking that I was going to fucking just <coughs> not fuck up and <coughs> not, not ever turn into that dude. Then it just progresses, like... I start doing that crazy shit, you know, heroin. Well, not for not because I'm trying to run away from problems. I just literally because I wanted to get high. And then people were smoking pills, doing random shit at that smoking time. Pills. Yeah. Wait, so heroin was that your first thing you got into? Or? Well, nah, like you know, smoking pills yeah, and, and like you jumped up to it. Yeah, that's how I mean. I've just, never smoked a pill. No, have I? Wait. Nah. I've never smoked one. People slide them off a foil, which is... Like, do you mix it with the weed, or do you... Nah. Niggas just smoke the pill. Yeah, niggas just throw it on foil and just, like... (coughs) Oh, like the freebasing it? Yeah, freebasing it with a straw and shit. Yeah. And then... Yeah. I've I've seen people do that shit. Shit. (laughs) I didn't want to do it. I was like, nah, man, I'm cool. I mean, (laughs) motherfuckers would get into that because... 
I don't know, whatever, whatever <coughs> their reason is. Yeah, like, and, and plus, like, like it's whatever, like, 35 or however much a pill, like, people will get used to that price. Motherfuckers will keep on going back. Like, especially these young kids that, that have money, blah, blah, blah. They'll, you know, buy these pills, get addicted, like, in a long story short. With my case, like, I didn't have that money. I was, I was still a kid, like, myself, just barely getting out of, like, junior high, going into high school. So, at that point, I'm like, man, like, I'm not really even doing all this crap. But I see my older brother and his friends going hard. Like, maybe I don't know. Maybe I could eventually slide in and be like part of the part of the fucking crew or something. Then I, I like I, it progresses. It's like addiction progresses. Whatever you're doing, I know everything grows. That's true. Like everything grows over time. And fucking, what happened with me is. I just started growing. My addiction grew. I dropped out of school, unfortunately. I mean, I was still, I was starting my music. I was still doing my music at this time. Like, I was in a group called Military Minds. And at that time, like, we were just, like, when I was just joining the group, I was still naive and just, like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't really know what I wanted. I was kind of ignorant with how I was going upon things besides my rap. Like, I just knew I was going hard with rapping. Then... I don't know. We started doing shows and shit, which is my first show. I wasn't. I wasn't doing that shit. We did shows like at little small venues, and then as the shows got bigger and shit, like, like I don't know. Just everything in my life was progressing at that time. So I was like, "Fuck it!" Like I can, I can go ahead and do this shit if I want. Really, like, cause it started off with you know like random pills like Xanax or motherfucking. Oxycontin, Roxycontin, blah, blah, blah. Shit that just got me, like, just fucked up. And then I'd go off and <coughs> and try to, like, get my friends to come and, like, do this shit with me, which they thought it was cool because they're like, all right, cool. Like, you're doing music, bro. Like, you can you can fucking handle your, uh, handle your shit like that, I guess, because people always see me as, like, an older, older type of nigga, whatever. I'm, you know, I've been, I've been young this whole time, obviously. Like, I'm only 19 now, but... At this time, I was like 17, maybe 16, 17. So I started doing this heroin because I'm like, fuck it. Like, I started, started just not getting it myself because he, he would always have it. He would always, because we were just like trying to sell it at the time, you know. So he has it all the time. I'm, I'm up here, you know, little brother in it. Like, oh, dude, you going to let me do it? He wouldn't let me do it. Just being that way, but like, no, nah, hell no. Nah. Yeah, he's looking out. Eventually, he goes off. I mean, he's like, bro, this is your decision. Like, if you want to do this, like... It's your life. Like, it's your life. You live it, bro. Like, do it. If you want to do it, it's all on you. I mean, it is on me. So I, I go ahead and I do it. Fucking start smoking. Start smoking that shit. Freebasing it like we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Then, you know... What did it feel like? It felt like, you know, just being really cozy and comfortable. Like, you sh- like cozy. Everything feels good. You, you know, you, you're nice to everybody no matter what. Like... You know, not no matter what, but like, you know, just, you just yeah, everybody's your friend. You know, you're cool with everybody. you just that, that nigga, you know. And that was just whenever I started like smoking this shit. And then we started getting more of it because like, all right. I was saying, you know, kids were just smoking pills at that time and just popping pills, blah, blah, blah. And people were spending a certain price on these pills. And then we thought we could hustle or whatever. And then we'd go off and like sell a certain amount, get a certain amount of money. These kids would be like, whoa, whoa, how you getting this money? Like, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. Ah, And 
we kind of we just straight convinced these kids like, hey, you should instead of doing that shit, you should get this shit. Just because we were trying to sell it, even though we were like, it should it wasn't a good idea because it became an epidemic. Like, <coughs> how many young kids my age just started doing this shit like after me? Give me that water. You need some water, bro. Oh, shit. Then like, just beyond that, like you know, we find that shoot like shooting heroin through a syringe and shit. It's more powerful, you know? Like, and that's what... And you was, like, 17 doing this? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, well, just barely, yeah. 17, about to turn, like, 18. Whenever I started just, like, thinking, all right, maybe we can shoot this, like, up. Like, (coughs) I should try it, because, you know, it's like the... the, Why do it if I'm not fucking shooting it up, you know? Then that was, like, the stupidest, like, you know, thing that I could ever think of, because that shit just, like... We became a fucking downfall. Like, it didn't feel like I was... Because it got to the point to where like, we were smoking it so much. I was like, this shit's gross. Like, it tastes nasty. Like, why the fuck am I doing this shit still? And I said, because everybody around me was still shooting it. That's why I was smoking it. Because I was like, man, shooting it up? That shit's fucking, like, crazy, bro. Like, you, you for real? And one day I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I was just like, all right, dude. Like, I could have shot up any time out at that point. Because I was just like, it was all around me. And it was just... The influences and just people around me that fueled the fire and thought it was cool and shit like that. Well, none of that shit wasn't cool at all. So, started shooting that shit up and then fucking... That was whenever the addiction really started. Like, any kind of addiction I ever had in my entire life. And that shit just built, built, built. The more I did it every day, the more my tolerance grew. And the more that we were getting kids to, like, fucking buy the shit, the more... You know, we would the money would come through us, and we just go through the plug, and fucking we get that much more. Like, and it just it wasn't good because it was cool at the time because we're like, oh yeah, we're getting this extra bit, but that extra bit would fucking go straight into our veins. Like, then that, and then that tolerance would just grow. Motherfuckers would just start not to give a shit about life at that point. Like, my music shit wasn't really like popping off. Like, I was still in my group, but. They started noticing, like, just, like, random little shit, like, that I was doing that was, like, kind of weird. Like, me just not not having, like, energy, like, time to come to, like, meetings that we had or, like, motherfucking, like, sessions where I was supposed to come record and I'd come over and just, like, just be weird, you know? Not even able to record, really, because I'm just, like, not, like, out of it, but I'm just, like, can't get my voice straight or, like... There's random shits going on to where I'm, I can't go in and just straight one take this shit. But most of, like, before that, like, whenever I was just, like, getting into it, I was like, man, this is Maggie Waggy. Like, I can come in here and do whatever on this shit. And then I didn't realize that my addiction was growing and my tolerance was building. And, like, you're just blind to everything at that point except fucking heroin, which is, which is the, happens to most people. And, and then, but, like, that just went on for a couple of months, man. What and made you like quit? Realize, and shit? yeah. Well, all right. So in this time, like of doing all this shit, you know, we had like people running in and out. The, like we live in an apartment. We had people running in and out the crib, and like my dad was just like he was always just like sketched. Like he knew there was something going on, but he the just baby like trap. You know, he just he didn't let it go on. He was just letting it. He just. He just knew that there was kids coming in and out the crib all the time. And he's like, eventually figured that, you know, there's people, my sons are selling shit, obviously. 
And at the time, my brother, he had a, a warrant out for his arrest for the longest time that it wasn't like a, a huge warrant for anything crazy. Like, he literally only went to fucking county for a week before that. But that's what really, like, stopped it all is that, I mean, I, we just got to a point of just either we were going to, like, keep on doing that shit or, like, one of us was going to, like, overdose because we were doing it like that to where motherfuckers were, like, you know, borderline overdose. And, you know, he actually overdosed, like, a couple of times. Which is didn't you tell me a frightening okay. experience, man? Didn't you tell me a story about how you had to like revive motherfuckers and shit? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, like you know, I was saying like kids would try to, you know, just be us and just get on our level and see how much we were doing and then just try to do that same shit. Start falling out. Falling out means just like you start overdose and you know you start just seeing like like lips blue and then you just like I found my I found myself like you know saving motherfuckers' lives. More than like <laughs> you can enjoy your high. Yeah, like I was like I learned how to save people's lives from overdoses, and it was weird because I was like, how do I? Why should I know this kind of thing at this? I mean, at any age, like nobody should know how to just. I mean, you should not revive somebody, but fuck, like <laughs> I was doing it like every other day, you know, just because motherfuckers was just like it just became a thing. Yeah, it became a thing. Like I was like I didn't even think it was crazy anymore, and then. I mean, it it took to after I was done doing all that shit, like, just realizing it. But then, like, what really made me kick is because, like, he had a warrant, and my dad was just for the longest, like, I'm, I mean, if you don't, you know, get shit straight, like, I'm going to call police on you. And he did. One morning, we were just chilling, and we were about to, you know, because made, like, runs every day, 12 o'clock. We wake up. If we weren't, if we didn't have any at that point, we start withdrawing, which is what we were, we dreaded all the time was withdrawal. Was like nobody wants to fucking withdraw, especially whenever you high all the time. Like withdrawal is not in mind. And then twelve o'clock every day, hit the plug. Some somebody's calling us, no matter what. It's like, hey, can you get this? Can you get that? Can you get that? Of course, come through, come through, motherfuckers. We'd all meet up at one one spot, slang all that shit out. And I don't know. My dad was just he knew what the fuck was going on with with just this whole mini trap thing like we weren't going like hard like straight baby trap yeah baby trap man yeah. i'm trying to like lighten the mood yeah bro <laughs> i'm, like, I'm intrigued I'll, I'll, yeah whenever i spiral into these kind of like conversations <clears throat> I, yeah. yeah i guess it doesn't help us sound anything but dark because i mean it's a part of life like it's it a part of the good and the, i mean yeah, it's a part better, of so. what happened you know in my short life you know and this is all happened in like a period of like a year and a half a year and six months yeah, all that shit progressed. Then, like, yeah, my dad said, yeah, I'm going to call the cops if you, don't, if you don't get shit straight. So he eventually called the cops on him. And one morning we was chilling, about to do the same routine that we do every day. And we're sure. Just fucking, what is that? Nobody ever knocks like that. Like, everybody knows how to knock over here. Like, if they're going to come to the crib and get something. <laughs> like the, aggressive, the aggressive knock. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is that? I go look through the peep door, peephole and shit. It's fucking cops. I'm like, what the hell? I was like, what are cops doing here? Like, why are cops here? And I didn't even go fuck. I was like, fuck it. Like, I didn't even open the door. I just went back upstairs. My dad wasn't home at that time. <laughs> it was early in the morning. So, like, my dad wasn't home. I was like, something's wrong. Like, something's different right now. My dad's not here. You know, he could just be at the store for all I know. Mm-hmm. And that's where he was. But he actually had called police. And... Like, he comes home, he opens the door, I'm like, because we lived in the upstairs, like, upstairs, downstairs apartment, and we were upstairs most of the time, that's where my room was. 
So we share like, doom, 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 doom. and then like some footsteps come upstairs. I'm like, what is that shit? And then the door opens. My dad's right there, and then some cops are right there. Two two big ass like Steve Austin like looking cops. And it's like, what's that smell? We're smoking blood at the time in the room. And they didn't even give a fuck about none of that shit, none of the blood, nothing that was sitting out. They just like came for the warrant and just like came for him and just fucking just took him out. And then at that point, I was just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, because we were like so closely bonded just because of not just us, like because we're brothers, but that drug brung us like that much closer together. And like in, in other ways, not, in, not, not for the better, really. Because we were just doing slimy shit left and right, you know? But after he left, after he went to fucking county, that's whenever. I really booted it. I kicked it because I, I was a little brother and his people wouldn't, like, fuck with me unless I was with him. And plus, they would hear that he's in jail. So, like, anything that has to do with cops or jail, like, nobody's trying to get involved with any of that shit. So, after that, like, I had to kick it all because that shit was, I was my heart. My tolerance was so high at that point that, like, fucking... I was so I was so sick the next day, day after that, blah blah blah. Kicked it cold turkey, and till this day I haven't. I mean I've been off that shit. Like no, I've no, I haven't touched that shit once ever since. Word. But about it's been a good fucking two years and a half. Right on. So, I mean, addiction is real. Like, that's just no joke. Heroin is no joke, you know? Like, that's why it's too good for your own good. Like, too good for your own self-well-being and shit. Like, Damn. After that is whenever I, I, like, dropped my first tape. Like, my Chip Man Toothy, Chip EP. Is that and, the one that's out now? That no, that's, that's the one that I dropped before this one. Right. The one out now is Man Tooth. Man Tooth? Yeah, yeah I like that one. It's I called, like, Chip was the first EP, and then Man Tooth is the second, you know, project. It's a... Uh, I started, you know, because right after I fucking kicked all those drugs, bro, like, got right back onto music, dropped my tape right after that, motherfucker started doing the shows again with the homies, like, <coughs> got on track with everything, and, like, that's whenever I started getting that drive back, and then, because I made my first beat, like, the first song I ever made with Panda was on my on that tape, it was called Wheaties, and that shit was, like, the jam, like, that's the most funky, it's, like, track on that's the most like overplayed song on that ep as well so in that time being i was like progressing i was like hell yeah we're meeting up with this new producer guy and he's you thought really i was black when, when when he first came over to my house <laughs> or you know my studio is at uh he just walked in and he was like you're a panda i was like <laughs> yeah he was like plus you're black Dude, i can't even <laughs> i really can't remember and yeah that was was, pretty, I can't remember the first funny. day I came over. I remember it was pretty Because he wears his sativa. I mean, you still aren't. It's happened a couple sativa times. Sativa Profits, man. Like, yeah. That's how I found out. I was like, Sativa Profits, uh, that guy in that group, <clears throat> man, he makes ill beats. Because Tef, he, yeah, Tef, he fucking made a, a song called Sinai Scriptures, which was like, out of our group, because Militant Minds, I'll um, meet Teflon John, Teflo Dollars now. Mm-hmm. That's his name now, but... He made this track called Sinai Scriptures, which went, like, extra fed. Like, I ain't never heard a beat like that. Which is, like, whenever I heard... I Whenever I say I heard a beat like that, it's mean, like... It was just, like, out of... It just sounded like it was really experimental type shit. It, like... I was like, man, he just went over there and made that beat with this guy and just dropped the track. I was like, I need to go ahead and... Yeah. 
Yeah, with with full panda. Yeah. I need to go over there and do the same shit. And yeah. it was just like everybody was fucking with him at this point. Like people, every not everybody, because people were just now starting to figure out who panda was. They're like, oh, this dude's a, a hard ass producer. Like, and then plus I was going through his SoundCloud and I was just like, man, I'm thinking I'm gonna use this beat. And then before I knew, I was like, well, I should just go over and just make a beat straight from scratch with this guy. Then go over and make that beat straight from scratch. Like Wheaties was like one of the last songs to make it on the tape because, like I was saying, I kicked all that all those drugs and then I came back like trying to come serious, and then finished the last couple of songs on the tape. And Wheaties was one of the last ones. So that like song inspired us to like, well maybe we should go ahead and make a whole yeah, other tape. More. Like we should make a whole tape together instead. Together. Yeah. And that's what this new song. one was. Yeah, and that's what <clears> that's <throat> the product of this new one. Like word. Yeah. It took like a year, and we kind of just like this whole year. I mean, I I didn't have no kind of drug addiction, so like I was just literally just going there every like weekend, and then we just pull out a, a track and just we would be like, "Is this one gonna be on there? Is that one gonna be on there?" And it's not like we like weighed them out. Like literally, all those songs went on on the album. And that's what's on there now. So like that song, all those songs are are just like a a product of pro, like progression and. Like, like music and his his beats, like are you can hear the like sound progression and like how how it sounds different from like start of the year to the beginning of the year. Like nobody knows which songs were made which yeah. and when, but still, like me personally, I could just see how like it grew, and now people are fucking with that that project, which is out now, Man Tooth, and I like I see how things could go now in a di- different direction. Like I can see how things are are growing. Like a lot more shits popping off with this tape than there was with the Chippy P, and the Chippy P got numbers just because over time, like I was, I mean, just with being in Militant Minds group and having my own like younger like fan base, like motherfuckers were like really thought that all that, all those beats were ill, like and plus all those beats on the first tape were just a collage of just random shit that I found on YouTube and just random producers that I you know got those beats from. And with this tape, it's a whole different thing because, like, everybody fuck, like I was saying, everybody fucked with that Wheaties track. So, like, I was like, man, that means everybody's going to fuck with every song on this next new shit. I mean, I can't expect that all the time, but I just know that people listen to this shit regardless. And they're like, oh, this is, this you can vibe to this. You can hear it. It's, it's music that you're just not like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's something you can play from beginning to end. Right, right. And that's... That's why I set out to you all the time. You're, you're, you're a nice person. Nah, I'm being serious. It's like... I like that. Because I, I remember <laughs> I listened to it at the gym the first time I heard it because that's what I did. I go to SoundCloud. And it was the first one you had just... What is it? Retweet or reposted? Reposted. Yeah. yeah I don't I really fuck that. with Twitter had, that much, but... I just yeah, hit play. Anyways. And then that song, this one I liked the most that stuck with me was uh, the First Trip song. Oh, First Trip? Yeah, yeah man. Like, And I go there like... So all the songs are me writing, just like, I wasn't going for any, like, set type of... It was just you being you? Like, well, I mean, like, so, like first trip, I was, I, I guess I'll say I was specifically just talking about just, like, like my first, like, acid trip, my first trip on so shrooms, yeah. and just, like, the shit that you feel whenever you're tripping, and what you're thinking whenever you have, like, you're tripping and shit. And, like, that's that song's, like, pretty on point in how, like, how I think of like Sid and shit like that because one of our first trip shrooms like it wasn't that crazy I was like it was cool you know I was tripping you know but fucking 
like that shit the acid was fucking that's what that the whole song is really mainly about it's just like doing acid and shit cause I had a really good time of me doing acid is an enjoyable thing yeah man like LSD I got it have you yeah I've done I've done some acid I don't know man like I'm <clears throat> it's 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 kind of hit and miss with me with uh psychedelic kind of kinds of drugs and uh I mean sometimes it's cool sometimes it's really 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 bad I mean like, I didn't say so, like I'm not just, saying like I yeah. did shit all the time because like it's overwhelming like shit's crazy like this shit's really overwhelming. Like it'll take you to places you know. Yeah, yeah like I, I definitely think that, um, in a controlled environment, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is I think I think that the psychedelics could be like highly therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Because um, I use the right ways. Yeah, like uh, if you use if you can use them in a good <clears> way, <throat> that's for the positive. Then yeah, I actually. Like, cause that's how I actually started enjoying doing it was not every time I trip, like I was set out to go fucking like get fucked up. Like, oh my God, I'm tripping, like just getting out of my head. No, no, I couldn't do that because I just like started freaking out every time I start thinking about like trying to just get yeah. out of my head and just like not knowing what's going on. Cause I like, I like the fact of being comfortable in a controlled <coughs> environment and like, like knowing what's going on really. But, like, the first couple times, it wasn't like that. I was just, like, everywhere. Like, my, my head was everywhere. Yeah. And I was just tripping, dripping balls, like, fucking. And then, like, they got to the point where I was like, maybe, man, I can, like, do things while I'm on this. Like, fucking, I could. Focus. Like, focus on, like, certain things that I wouldn't regularly see, like, whenever I wasn't on Sid. And then, like, at that time where, like, really, like, I was getting into, like, like I was meditating at the time and just, like, really learning about transcendental science and with like transcendental science it's just like you know just the art of i'm not i'm not saying this by fact like this is fact by fact like word but it's just like basically you know just the science of what you're doing what you're doing whenever you're meditating what you're supposed to do whenever you meditate and like what really happens whenever whenever you're leaving your body and like just the science of it more than the belief behind it and I was so big on that that like tripping Sid was, because you know they say you're supposed to be able to do all that shit regularly, like the stuff that you're doing whenever you're meditating, whenever you're on Sid, like these things that we see mm-hmm. are supposed to be our brain at 100 percent supposedly. Yeah, like that's how it's supposed to look. Like whenever we're trip, like whenever we're tripping, that's why they say tripping isn't like something that you should do. Like it's cheating to get to this like certain place to where it's we could unlock. be as as human. Yeah, yeah. like. So that's why it's such a trip. Like you're going on a trip out of your mind. I mean, now you're not out of your mind. You're just out of your comfort zone, which is like your own sanity. Right <laughs> now, it's like, but what is sanity? Sanity. I mean, just a person's clo- like com- most comfort, most comfortable fucking zone. Like most comfortable. I don't know. Spot. I don't like being comfortable. Yeah, man. Like I like. I to, do. <laughs> um, I like to be comfortable, lot. but yeah. <laughs> I like, like to, to be, be as comfortable as possible um, as I can at all times. But, you know, I think a lot of that has to do yeah. with my issues as a human being <laughs> in my life. You've also been through shit, too. Yeah, yeah. Man, enough about drugs with me, though. Like, yeah, I, was, yeah. you know, I find myself talking about nothing but drugs. And <laughs> my bad. It's like you just started no, off. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. You, know, what's, you know what's really interesting? Uh, you know, one thing I've noticed about... Of this hip hop stuff is because I've only actually been producing for you know rappers and stuff and singers for 
uh, like two years, maybe like two and a half years. It's not very long, and uh, but I was doing, you know, my own music for a couple years before that, and then before that I was like recording bands, and before that I was I was a drummer, you know, and um, but I think the interesting thing about hip hop is that it's a uh, I don't know. It, if you if you really listen to it, it kind of tells you the most sometimes by saying the least. I don't know if that Simplicity. makes any sense. No, it does. But you know, like, um, and and one of the craziest things I've noticed is is like, uh, regardless of you know, because some rappers will come in and kind of have a certain vibe that they rap and you know they talk about certain things and you know they like to rap over certain beats have a certain kind of feel. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, so every rapper is a little bit different and, uh, but, but what I've noticed, uh, and I, I think maybe it's, a. you could probably say it's, it's, you could probably generalize it as in like artists are like this in general. Maybe, I don't know. I'm the type of person. I like to generalize shit cause it's, it helps me figure out things, even though you're probably not supposed to do that. But <laughs> I just like to find patterns in no, things. You, uh, you, know you, you gotta, you gotta have your own system uh, in your head. So. But uh, one of the things I've noticed is, especially about uh, hip-hop, is that uh, uh, a majority of hip-hop artists, uh, even producers that I've met and, like, we've, you know, talked about different things and music and stuff, uh, th- a lot of the shit really does kind of seem to come from, like, a really dark place. And and I think that um, uh they kind of use it as a form of like therapy, you know what I mean? Uh, And it's funny to me that if you listen to, um, you know, if you like listen to like really dark, grimy hip hop type shit, you know, uh, we were talking about like killing people and shit, like, and they like really did it, you know what I mean? If you just really sit there and listen to it, uh, it's, it's some really dark shit, but there's always like a groove to it. And like sometimes you kind of want to dance to it, and it's really weird that like <laughs> that that dance that, to the yeah that of, like my saying they killed yeah, yeah dude like there's murdered ten people, uh, but I can yeah. move my feet right and, now and and, 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 and I think one of the things I'm you know notice more about it uh, it's just a to me hip hop is a really strange style of music, and I totally understand why certain people just aren't into it. I get it, you know. Like, I I don't even care, you know. But I know that, you know, there's people that they, they don't really feel hip-hop and, you know, uh, you know, they, maybe they think the rappers are just talking. People that don't have emotions? You know. Nah. Nah, I'm fucking I, with you, man. I feel like however, nah, however I, I you, like, I think that Everybody some, has their own little however, yeah. however way you try, however yeah. you, way you feel, and, and, like, for instance, me, bro. I think like, it's just really, it's it more jam, direct, man. man. Like, t- to me, like, you know, like, uh, all these other different genres of music, uh, they're, they're, I feel like they're emotionally direct to certain emotions in certain types of ways, but um, I don't know. It's just strange. Like like I said, like to me, hip-hop is just like a, it's like a paradox because it's like you can have somebody uh, rapping over something that's really like uh, the, the beat, you know, rapping over a beat that's really uh, laid back and chill, but they can be talking about really grimy shit, you know? And that, you know, they did or happened or saw or whatever. And uh, I don't really feel like other styles of music are that direct. You know what I mean? Um, Like with metal and stuff, you know, it's like really, really aggressive. But 
you're not gonna hear about him singing about daisies over an aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I just it, it's just I don't know. I'm raining now. I can't even well, really. I mean, I look at it like a complete thought. However, but, however you've like, however you set out like me as an artist, if you're setting out to put the song out. Like, however you feel about how, like, whatever emotion you're putting into that song, that's, like, the kind of emotion that you I want to pull out of somebody. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I want to pull that same kind of, like, thought process out of that same person. Yeah. Just the way I was thinking of it whenever I was writing it. Or, yeah. Because I don't, like, specifically go out go a song thinking, like, oh, I'm going to talk about this this time. Oh, like, it's just all about the feels at Like, the it's just, like, what I'm thinking about at the time and what the song grows into. And then I come up with a chorus that's just, like, that has to do with you know mo- most most of those choruses like I'm like trying to like fucking vibe like like really vibe but like you saying there's certain like jams where the song like the beat will be like a like a happy beat you know and then you could be talking about some just dirty shit but it will still sound cool because people are like he, he sounds like he's not that like sad about that <laughs> or something like he sounds like yeah. he's not going through so much. But it said, but it actually is a lot. Yeah. Whenever you actually hear, like, well, what the fuck, like, like I, actually, yeah, like, I feel really like with hip hop, like, and I think maybe it's it, it just comes from like, well, I mean, obviously it comes from African American culture, but Duh. I think I think Duh. that nah, <laughs> what I was gonna Asians say is, uh, <laughs> I think that the, uh, the 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 reason it kind of has the effect it does is because uh, a lot of the music does talk about struggle, um, but the at the same time, uh, you know, melodically and whatever else is going on, instrumentally in the music, uh, usually just has like a groove to it that is kind of like uplifting. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? Does that kind of make sense? It does. So like the music is kind of uplifting, even though they're, they're rapping, singing about you know uh, the grimier parts of life. You know what I mean? And that's just I think that's just why I always drew me to hip hop, even when I was young, like really young kid. I mean, I was just always into it but you know like a like Nas man for instance like a cliche not a cliche for instance but for a big example like that fool he went hard with like every jam you know like it was just so funky like hip hop like like Illmatic like throwing it out like Illmatic you know he was talking about just all kinds of just really crazy shit like that was going on inside his hood inside of his fucking town inside his household inside Mm -hmm. of just and then like him talking about that like draw drew that drew that kind of that that draw from all these other people that are going through that same kind of shit, and he brought that emotion out these people and like it's relatable. It's relatable. I mean, that's what if music can't be relatable to other people, then it's just then what the fuck are you doing? I mean, and it, I mean, and I know way like because like, like some like people what are, are you doing it for? Expressing themselves like if it's all like because some people I mean they're trying to make it music for the people instead of like. I mean, just for themselves, like, like if you're making music just for yourself and you're talking about shit that's only relevant to you, and like you, like say you play your shit in front of your homies or some shit, and they're like, you know, you just like automatically start vibing to that shit, nodding their heads and shit. Like, Hell yeah, that shit goes in, and then you just play some shit where you kind of just notice the homies just kind of staring off, like just kind of listen to what you're saying, and it's kind of like too serious or something. Like I've I've had gems where I'm like I'm not talking about too serious or shit because I've never just went in and just like re- just fucking messed up a song by talking about too much of a serious like topic like if it's always like you, I, I try to make a 
a bad situation to a good situation, which is like making it into a like a, a jazzy, like groovy ass like hip hop song. You know what I mean? Like something that people are really gonna like fuck with. Because hype beats, like hype beats, you could do that easily. Like, like that's why you hear that so much. Like yeah, motherfuckers are on hype, hype beats. You know, Migos, <laughs> motherfucking like. Niggas like Future, like just they talk about. I, I don't know anything about Future. You know, I mean, I don't know nothing about them a lot. Nah, I, I don't just, know about uh, his music at yeah, all. I just your, know of him. He fucked your bitch and with Gucci flip flops, I think. Uh, shit. Yeah, oh, that's I what like he that. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, right? not just. I mean, I'm just mean like like motherfuckers that I just talk about <laughs> the the <laughs> trap, the motherfucker killing, and you know they they want mo- like they have motherfuckers jumping and like thinking that shit sounds cool. But it's only because. The emotion they bring, like, to the jam with the beat, like, you know, the the just because that beat, it doesn't matter what the fuck they saying, like, they they saying anything, and these like people are fucking with it, like, it's two different kinds of like, you can do that t- two different yeah. times, like, you can do that on a high beat, like, talk about you have you have good beats, and then you have just lyrics that are about. Straight just like you know, just kill I, it. Like, yeah. just, like I feel doing like, nigga ass shit. I feel <laughs> like in hip hop, you know, you got the ignorant shit and you got like the more conscious shit, you know. And I like it because I don't want to be conscious all the time. I, I completely understand. I don't want to think all the time. Like sometimes I just want to pop in some ignorant shit and just like, yeah, that's when I just grew with my it. radio. You know what I mean? Bro, and that's like, how I am. I, that's how yeah. I balance in the middle. Like, yeah, you, you gotta have balance in life, though. Balancing in the middle is as brought me to a point to where I could come in and make a song with him and, like, just, like... Because I'm not talking about, like, uh, like serious-ass shit, but I am at the same time, but also making it sound like it's, like, not that crazy of a deal just because, like, I'll throw, like, like a motherfucking... I don't know, just turn it... Like, for instance... I don't know, bro. Like, uh... Like, let's just The song say, you did with Hugweed, where you dropped that okay. line about, like, your friend... I'm like, cause then he put the lead through his head, cause life wasn't night, blah blah. Like, uh, I yeah, couldn't blame like he the just brother. drops, he just drops this line right in the middle of the verse, and then starts rapping other stuff. I'm like, whoa, but like That's that, crazy. cause that really happened. Like the homie, he was, he just like he, he wasn't like he was really big on, you know, like that transcendental science that we were talking about, and he just was really tired of how this world was like going. Like really, just everything that was going on at the world this this point in time. Like, even till now, like, shit's just really fucked up everywhere. And just how America is going, like, how people think and how people are just, like, living. Like, I, I couldn't blame the dude, like, you know? Because he was one of those guys that that was really, like, like big on that type of shit, bro. Like, it was it was crazy. Dude just fucking just... I don't know. He's, like, the guy that taught me about, like, the pineal gland and, like, my fucking, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, you know, back on this. Just, like, that kind of stuff, you know? Did he ever say, like, this isn't real? I mean, never said that this isn't real. I mean, he was just... He got so complex with what he was talking about is that he was just saying... I mean, I guess you could say he was saying, like, none of this is real. Like, everybody living in an illusion, bro. Like, everybody does live in this kind of false yeah, reality. That's very real. Wow, yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, like... It's not even deep. That's the thing. Like a lot of deep shit really is just surface simple. shit. But it's so it's so simple that people don't even think about it because it's like that simple. Like because they you, don't want to be snapped out of their world or what. I mean, if you Comfort think about zone. our reality that we live in nowadays, um, at least uh, for most of the world, it's a, it's a synthesized reality. 
Like everything is made. We live in a microwave pop, like, and you know, microwave society uh, is what we like live it's in. It's just you know, it, like, you know, it's all put together. To, uh, really, I mean, for money. I mean, I mean, that's really the bottom line. I mean, that's what drives everything. You know what I mean? Money and, and commodity. It, yeah, because money will give you power, and you know, people who have the most money have technically have the most power in a sense. And then, uh, yeah. but I mean, you know. Shit is what it is, I guess. The resources. That's yeah, because yeah. type of shit that I mean that nigga like killed himself, you know. Mm-hmm. It sounds crazy, like oh he just took a, a bullet to his head because he fucking was tired of the world. But really, if you knew what kind of person he was and like knew what the fuck he was about, like it's sad that he killed himself. But I'm like, it's like fuck, like I could I, I, in that line, I'm like, you know. Then he took the lead through his head because life wasn't nice. I couldn't blame the brother because knowledge was too complex for life. Like. His, like what he knew was just too complex for what, what he was living like, yeah. and so fucking killed himself. And like, it is a serious line, but then I do come back with just like other shit to where I'm talking about. I like I like to make like problems fucking like not sound so bad, you know? Because I do talk about like my my drug problem, but. Like, people don't really notice it, you know? People don't really notice the fact that I'm talking about Oklahoma is such a boring-ass place, like, and how people from, like, oh, people just expect Oklahoma to just be a, like, you know, niggas riding out on horses and us spitting Copenhagen out of our mouth. Like, that's just, like, love is true. I just, I, I mean, a big line is, like, I'm like, of course I'm coming out of Oklahoma on a horse as you'd expected, and, like, just as you'd expected, like, coming out of Oklahoma on a horse but like I'm being sarcastic really like people are always gonna expect that like whatever whatever you're doing is yeah Oklahoma's Oklahoma's a fucking weird state man it's like uh I mean I've been all over I've been a lot of places and I feel like Oklahoma is is like it's one of the coolest states in in in, in in a sense that like people are really nice here I think it's a fake nice. But still. Fake smile. They're nice. You know, you go to other places, man, like bigger cities and different areas, man, people are fucking assholes. I mean, like, in these uh, same cities, you see more culture, though, man. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Here, the culture is so small and based to being in, like, to to the perfect household, you know, like, going to college. Oklahoma is very white. Let's be honest here. It's very white. It's a white state because it's it's, it's a white white state. Because it's a red state, state. it's the reddest state in the in the country that politically. Bible Belt, man. Like, Pol- politically, like I think I th- I'm pretty sure, like the last election, there wasn't one county Obama won. Man, Not this one. I just think of this state like it's so morally, like you you have to meet so much moral standards that that like that's why motherfucker. That's why you see motherfuckers like. Who's setting these moral standards? Like who's who's setting these rules that well, say you got to live by this certain? Standard? I mean. I mean, it's just it's like society, the the people but, themselves are yeah, setting the these, society, these standards, yeah, yeah. which are set by you know the schools, the the church, the schools the, that don't even teach real history. Yeah, you know the church that that they go to to learn the same kind of shit that they learn back in school, which is which is not really what you should be like talking about. You should, you can't depend on blind faith. And whenever something fucked up happens, that's why like people think that God, like, why did you do this to me, or like. People go out to rebel. Like you see more fuck ups out here because of the fact that we're not such a more uh, 
we're not open to to having that kind of culture or any kind of culture with that fact besides of being like going you know the, doing the the right thing quote quote which is which is going to Which college, you know, doing your four years, you know, having that kid, getting that house, yeah. settling yeah. down, moving to more. No, no, you More Oklahoma is a spot where motherfuckers move to to live a. a more or uh, Edmond? Uh, <laughs> you can't afford Edmond. Just move to more. That's the new Edmond. Seriously, and it's, that's it's status symbols. That's what yeah, people dude. want. It's it's all about rank, like it's your, and fuck fuck rank. Yeah, dude, I don't live by that. Like, I don't think nobody should live by that, bro. <coughs> by by just moral standards. You can't. I'm used to it though, man. I'm just used to. I'm I'm used to uh, the um, I guess the the overall ideology and philosophy of of the white. Uh, <laughs> no, white, I'm being for real. The, the, no, the white conservative American. Like I'm, I I understand it. I think I understand it more than they do. That's what's crazy because I don't—they don't understand me at all. Okay. I don't think they try to, you know. Um, That's what, no, well, come on, they don't try to understand shit. That's why they yeah. bounce bow, out all this fearful and, hate shit. You know, like it, it's really crazy because you know. Uh, okay, I'm gonna talk about the army shit now. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna uh, be cool with dive you. in, brother. You know, I, I joined the army, the National Guard, when I was like 17, and it was like, it was like, uh, I joined it in May, so it was however long that is. It was right after September 11th, you know, like seven, eight months or whatever. I can't count good. But anyways, um, you know, joined up and, you know, I wanted to help my country out and wanted to pay for my own college, you know, and shit like that. You know what I mean? I just felt like it was, at the time, I just felt like it was like I, something I should do. You know what I mean? And uh, and it was crazy because when I joined it, people were like, I can't believe that you joined the military. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean what am I doing? Like. Just join the military. Like I want to go serve my country, whatever you know. Like I, I got, that's how I really felt, you know. And um, man, oh man, like you learn a lot of shit when you do that, you know. And I was in it for uh, like what uh, shit? I was in it for ten. Well, I was in it for ten years. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, from the time I was seventeen to like twenty seven, and. I had enough of it, and I tried to I tried to get out. Um, the I guess you like you could say like would be the right way, you mm -hmm. know, because uh, I had reenlisted when I was in Iraq. And uh, what made you want to reenlist at the time? Man, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, they they were giving me they gave me a fat signing bonus. It was like twenty grand or some fifteen grand or some shit, tax free. So that was the initiative. Like I didn't have a job back home at the time when I had left, really. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's really weird. Like when you're, it's like anything. When you're around that environment, after a while, you just kind of it, it's it's your reality. Yeah, yeah. So you adapt to it. And you know, as much as I kind of hated being in the military, there was a lot of shit that I liked about the military. You know, like there is like a camaraderie between people. You know what I mean? Um, uh, but at the same time, uh, back to things I learned. Uh, I mean, man, I just kind of learned how the the game is. You know what I mean? Like, from from the uh, I guess the viewpoint of the conservative American, because most of the military, uh, at least most of the people I knew in the military were were conservative. You know, and I and I'm I'm pretty liberal. You know, 
and uh, it was just really strange, man. It was like I would talk to them sometimes. Like I remember one time, it was right. It was right when the uh, Iraq War was starting, and you know there was big debates going on about it like everywhere. And I was at drill, you know, and it, it was get drill was like what you would do on the weekend, you know, that one weekend a month oh, thing. Sometimes it was two weekends. It just depended, whatever. But anyways, so I was, it was the end of drill, and uh, they were, like, talking about it and everything and all this stuff. And I just said, I said, you know, I don't think we should go to Iraq because uh, I don't really think, like, all this shit that they're saying in the news is even over there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, and I was like, why are we going to Iraq when we just got to Afghanistan? Like, what does... Like, like in my mind, it was like, what does Osama bin Laden have to do with Saddam Hussein? Like, they didn't even like each other. So, they, you know, they ain't working together. Or, you know, and, and it was just like, it didn't, none of it really made any sense right off the bat. And I remember, I'm going to say this, and, like, I probably actually really shouldn't say this shit, but oh, fuck hey, it. Be free. Um, hey, man. When I, was in, <laughs> when I was in basic training, I had to do basic training twice. I broke my foot the first time. The first time I was in it, uh... It was in like June and summertime, and uh, a bunch of drill sergeants came out there and they told us. They said, "They said you guys better get ready. We're going to war with Iraq in like six months, around like December or what, January or whatever." And we were like, "What? Why?" And then they basically just said that so and so, whatever, blah blah blah, had the proof that they had these weapons of mass destruction and. Whatever else, you know, and from the get go, I was like, "This is fucking weird." Just pushing fear. To yeah, I was like, "I was like, what? The, this is this doesn't make any fucking sense." You know what I mean? And sure as fuck, like right around the time they said we were going, that's when they did the uh, the what would they call it? like the the preemptive strike? Like they, it was like they didn't plan it. They were just like, "We gotta we gotta strike them because they're about to attack us." Nah, that shit that shit was planned. For a long time. Six months ahead, I knew of. So probably like at least a year, year and a half, two years before we actually went over there, you know. Destabilize the region. And uh, and now look at it. Yeah, it's just crazy, man. Like, it's just like, it's like when you're in that shit, like you, you become kind of brainwashed, man. Like you can't really think for yourself if you question anything, um, you know, you're kind of like harassed about it and shit. Uh, I, I imagine it's probably a lot in certain ways like how cops are. Like, you know, there's a certain culture, and if you question anything or whatever, like, you get harassed, like, you get, you know, fucked with or whatever. You may not get promoted, uh, you know. It's it, it's kind of a good old boy system. You know, that's how the military is, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably how the— uh, The whole system the, is? The police is, yeah. I mean, the whole system, really, yeah. Yeah. You know, so— um. But yeah, man, it was just uh, it's an experience. I don't know. Like that's all I can say about it. I mean, I went, I did the Iraq thing in like 2008, and, like from 2009, and uh, I don't know, man. Like I I feel like when I was over there, like it wasn't that bad. You know, like, I tell myself that, like, because I worked in helicopters, I did avionics, and the, I worked on like electronics and stuff, and communication systems, and uh, just different things you know and uh i was on a, a i guess it was technically like an air force base and uh it was it was in Balad, and uh there's a nickname for it they called it mortaritaville 
and pretty sure that was the name of the mortar yeah mortar yeah oh shit and uh yeah man it was just like you know i didn't have to go outside the, the gate and you know kicking doors or nothing but uh you know we got rocketed and mortared and just shit fucking going off like just like all the time man you know it's like it's a war zone snipers too yeah 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 i remember people would get yeah people would yeah different areas like you different areas on the base like you couldn't go at certain times because like there had to be reports of snipers just shooting you know like and uh you know uh, sometimes, like, we'd have to, to where I worked out on the base, we'd have to drive uh, across the other, to the other side of the base, and it was like, kind of like a big circle. And uh, the gate, uh, like, the fence was just, you know, right next to you. So you're, like, just, you know, driving, I guess, to what they call, like, you know, right next to the wire or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there were certain times, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we were shot at, like, and we didn't know where the shit was coming from. Like, you would just hear, like, pings and shit, and we'd be like, what the fuck? Like, wow, you know, shit. you just keep driving, and, like, yeah. And so, I mean, when I was over there, man, it didn't, I don't know, I just got used to that shit, and it didn't really even seem that bad. It really didn't. It seemed, like, after about two months, it literally seemed normal, normal. for me yeah. to be, like, uh, do exercising, you know, like running running down a street, and then like some MPs pull up and say, "Okay, you got to run down this other side of the street because we're gonna detonate a bomb that didn't go off that landed like an hour ago." You know what I mean? And uh, like the shit was just normal. Yeah, it was just and, normal shit. And, and then you and, signed up for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when uh, when we first got there, um, you know, there was a helicopter crash. Uh, and it killed killed like seven. It was like seven dudes, yeah, uh, in in my unit, and a couple of them I knew pretty pretty well. Like one of the guys I'd known since like I think like the first time, one of my first drills, you know. So I'd known this guy for at that point like almost eight years or whatever, you know what I mean. And um, you know the other guy I hadn't actually known him as long, but we just clicked. Like he was a cool dude. He was like more of like he was like an officer, you know, and uh. Anyways, so yeah, so that happened like the first week we got there. So it was like you didn't really have time to like mourn or anything because it was just like, you know, it happened. And then like but you were working like 12-hour shifts seven days a week, like months and months straight at a time. Like I think when we first got there, it was like we worked, it was like seven hour, or, um, sorry, like 12-hour shifts seven days a week for like the first like three or four months. And, you know, you would just go and do your shit and you'd get off and – go work out or go to the chow hall and get some food and then go back to like your, you know, your uh, bunk area and do whatever. And that's actually when I first started making beats. Yeah. <laughs> was it was when I was, when I was going to Iraq, I was like, I told myself like, I just wanted to teach myself how to make beats. Is that, and, well, uh, that's also probably where it helped you deal with what was going on in a sense. Yeah. Or is it just like, I think it probably did, man. You know, it's it's really weird because like the thing with the military is is like they train you to to be um as calm as possible really in like really stressful situations that most people would just lose their shit in. Like, you know. So um uh yeah, I mean I think like subconsciously it probably helped me a lot maybe. I think cuz it had me something to like 
I had something to look forward to do, you know, after I got off work for 12 hours and I know I had to go right back the next day and the next day, next day, next day, you know. And I didn't know so I, I was going to have, like, just one day off to, like, not do shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, was, I, made, I made about three... 400 beats, I don't know. I made a bunch, man, when I was over there. And then when I came back, I lost the hard drive. I was going to, uh, like, what do those sound like? Because I, I want to know. Yeah. I mean, they were Crazy cool. I feel like they were really basic. But, you know, I was just first starting out. So. Yeah, really and, and that And I think that's really how, like, I learned how to do a lot of shit was because I spent all that time, mostly when I was off, like, just making beats. Like, people will come up to me in my little bunk, like, uh, we were we saying like these trailers that was like split into like threes. I think there was like a, they were like single wise or whatever. I don't know. They really weren't that big at all. And you know they would just come by and like knock on the door and like be like, "Hey man, listen to these beats, man. Heard you got fire, man." <laughs> so be like, you know. And uh, a couple got like one guy came up. He was like a lieutenant and he wanted me to uh, teach him how to how to make beats and he was gonna pay me and shit. But like he was always busy and we can never really link up and yeah. So. That's pretty much how I started making the hip hop beats. Was in in a fucking in war another zone. country, literally in yeah, a war zone. Yeah. War zone. yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, really, really weird. But yeah, when I came back, man, it was shit was weird, man. Like, I came back and I wasn't. Uh, I wanted. I don't know. I just wanted to go back to Iraq because everything felt really strange here. Like, uh, I was constantly waiting on something to happen. You know, like I still do to this day. That was like five, that was like seven years ago or some shit. So like when everything, everything's still, like going too good, are you just looking for something bad? To I, don't come feel, your way or I, I don't know if I've, I don't think I'm looking for it. I just feel like something's going to happen. I'm just waiting on it. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's looking for it. I don't really know. It's strange, man. Like, is it? So it, you're always on edge in a sense? Yeah. I'm always, I'm always tense all the time. Like, uh, Yeah. I'm like you come over right now and like grab my shoulders and I'm be like, God damn, because you know, like <laughs> I'm just saying, you know how they have like you say that the stress, <laughs> yeah, is in their show, yeah, on the top, like yeah, people be like, God damn, you must you work out like your traps or I don't know if that I don't know what this shit's called, like you know the muscle yeah. your sho- shoulder shit, <laughs> and shoulder. I'm like yeah, and they're like they're like they're like they're like damn man, you must like work out all the time, you got that like stocky, and I'm like nah man, I'm just tense as fuck. And I can't help it. Like, there's, like, I'll try to, like, sag my fucking shoulders to, like, relax, and it doesn't do shit. Like, you just, my body's just tense all the time. And, and I didn't know, you know, when I came back, like, I didn't notice it. You know, some people started. The whole time you was, I was in a really tense area. Yeah, obviously, you know, and when I came back, it wasn't, there was no need to be on edge or, like, whatever, but I felt like I had to be. For a while, you know, I was suicidal at one point. It was like a couple of weeks after I got back, and like I remember I moved back in to my house, and my buddy, it was like he was like my best. Well, I mean, he is my best friend, but uh, he had met his future wife. They're married now and shit, and they got a kid together. And uh, but you know, at the time, like he had he known her for I don't know, maybe like six months or something. And right when I got back. Uh, from Iraq, like, literally, like, a week after I got back, like, he was like, yeah, man, I'm moving to Tulsa. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. So he left, and then, like, some other friends that was around when I had left, I came back, and, like, they was gone. And then it was just, like, I, it felt like nobody was around. And so, like, nobody was around, and I felt all fucked up. And I didn't know how to talk to anybody about that shit because they didn't even, 
they didn't, wouldn't be able to understand it, you know. And um, so yeah, it was crazy, man. I remember, I remember that uh, it was really fucked up. Uh, my uh, buddy, you know, that was moving, he 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 had left his shotgun in a closet, and I was in his room sitting on his uh, bed, and I grabbed the shotgun, and uh, I was like seriously like thinking about doing it, like I because I just didn't feel good, man. Like, I just didn't want to be here. <laughs> like, I just really didn't want to be here. You know, and I'm talking like feeling like like killing myself at that moment would have been better than living. Like, that's why I wanted to do it. Like, that's really how I felt, you know. I was to that point. And um, I got the gun and shit, and then I was, you know, kind of like fucking with it because I was, I didn't really want to do it, but I did, you know what I mean? And so I just told myself, well, I'm going to call my mom, and she picks up, and I ain't going to do it. Obviously, she picked up. You know, when when she picked up, I just started crying. Like, I just lost my shit, and I didn't even know. I couldn't even, like, talk. Like, it was it was fucked up, and, you know. and uh, But then after that, it was like things were kind of cool for a while. And then probably, uh, it was probably about, like, two years after I had been back, I just started having panic attacks. And I had never had a panic attack, ever, like, and I thought them shits was like, I don't know. I thought you could control them or something. I thought you know, like like anxiety attack. Yeah, I thought I thought you could control your anxiety and like if you had a panic attack, you could just be like, I'm I'm just gonna chill out and everything will be okay. And nah, man, nah, that's not how this shit works. Like, were you in public when this happened or what? Uh, the first time I had one, I was uh, I was actually at my house hanging out with some friends and we were just chilling, like watching South Park, smoking weed or some shit. And uh, I just started to feel like I was going to pass out. And then I didn't pass out, but I felt like I was going to pass out. And then I just stayed that way for like 30 minutes. And and I didn't know what to do because uh, I didn't know what the fuck was happening to me. I didn't really want to freak out because, you know, I didn't want them to freak out. You know what I mean? And then, like, I just started getting really dizzy, and then it was just, like, my heart started racing real fast. So then I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack or something. So I, I start telling them, I'm like, I think I'm dying. I think I'm dying. And they're like, what are you talking about? You look you look normal. And I'm like, no, man, like. like Maybe it was some really good weed. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I felt that and, way before. Uh, That's happened to me. And so basically, yeah, so we go to the uh, emergency room, and I get to the emergency room, and I just feel like, dude, I feel like I'm dying. Like, I feel like at any moment I'm just going to die. And there's no other way to describe it than that. Like, in, in, and it's almost like you feel so much shit at one time that your body can't handle it and your mind can't handle it so it's it's I, I this is how i describe a panic attack it's like it almost feels like you do every single drug at one time and it all hits you at once and then you're just kind of stuck sounds terrible. and you can't do anything and you're just stuck and then you have to just wait it out so anyways yeah i've i've probably had about like 60 or 70 of them i don't even know man still I, having them today yeah like i had one uh what do you do? Well, not today, but I had the last one I had was it was probably uh, it was actually like four or five days ago. You ever like go on? I know this sounds silly, but going on walks into the woods. Uh, yeah, breathe. Nah, it, that shit doesn't really help me out. Like um, yoga, I don't know. <laughs> the only thing that really 
It's funny. The only thing that really helps me out when I'm having a panic attack is I'll just put on some headphones and I'll just look up naked pictures of bitches. <laughs> Straight up. Headphones <laughs> and naked bitches. Yeah. And for some reason, just looking at naked bitches just like makes me feel better. I mean, you know hey, I mean? bro, same here, bro. <laughs> but like, it really kind of like calm. It like it like calms the shit down, and like I start out. You know, it's not like instantly or nothing, but it, it's really weird. It's like a, it's just like a. I mean, that's your dick taking over. Uh, yeah, your dick's like, it, I don't hey, know. Hey, it's time I guess to fuck. It just, it just somebody takes, get this man some porn yeah, before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's like, takes here. my mind Yo, away. Have a Playboy from, on yeah. standby at all times for this God. dude. <laughs> Here, look at it. Maybe that means I should get laid more too. Probably, <laughs> but, probably, <laughs> yeah. Uh, get some of that tension but out of no, your shoulders. See, but see, that's the Did thing. Like, pussy? like I was <laughs> like for on hands. Oh, oh. I used to fuck around with the pocket pussy. Oh no, straight up. I used to make my own. I don't do anymore, but I used to. But anyways, uh, yeah. But like I was gonna say, um, nah, dude. Like it, it fucks up. It fucks up your sex life and shit. Like it, it, it fucks up a bunch of shit, man. Like that PTSD shit is some real shit. Like I don't know how many times. I've been having sex with a girl, and like, I just like after an hour, like I just can't. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah, it just won't happen. And they get pissed at me because I think it's them, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, you know, it's just, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm a, I remember. I remember one girl. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, I don't know how many times it was, but we had we literally had sex like five different times different times like different days and then it was like the sixth time you know i did the business but like but like that like like yeah and i think a lot of that shit has to do with ptsd and shit man like you just can't you're never relaxed like yeah i'm never relaxed man and it's crazy because i'll meet certain people that it's like uh this rapper i'm working with right now uh named young gains uh young gains young gains What's his his Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines? Yeah. Okay. Um, We're starting to do, like, more work together. I'm actually going to pick him up after this podcast, and we're going to go do some work, and I'm going to be his ass again at uh, fucking 2K. But, uh, yeah, like, I met this dude, and I heard some of his music, and I was just, like, instantly I, like, connected with him on, like, a different kind of level. It was, like, uh, it was, like, it was weird. It was, like, the shit that he was rapping about, I had never done it before, like, you know, like, he raps about, like, selling crack and shit, fucking gang shit, and, you know, like, uh, I think he's, like, a gangster disciple, um, he's, like, originally from, like, Newark, New Jersey, this is, I, I guess it's, like, a bad part, that's where Fetty Wap is from, or whatever, um, Ooh. but, yeah, it's, like, anyways, like, what I'm trying to say is, it's, like, it was, like, I linked up with him, and it was just, like, it was like this motherfucker kind of like we're kind of on the same level like always yeah like he knows he knows um, like he gets it edge. yeah like he gets it you know like try, always be on edge but trying to act like you're not trying to be cool as possible in every situation but like you but like you don't feel that way at all like, so you know, pretty much almost i'd be fronting all any, the fucking time. any black person in america right now Pro- <laughs> I, probably yeah 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 I, I i guess i don't know i'm white bro uh, I, I mean, I can't. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm I guess it's how it is. Of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Uh, but but yeah. So uh, you know, and it's like it's crazy, man. Because like the way he raps is like. I told him the other day. I was like, man, don't take no offense to this. This is like compliment. But I was like, you when you rap, bro, you sound like Codeine and Xanax to me, like telling a story. Like you, 
and you know, and uh, he he does his annies, you know, and give him one the other night. I got prescription for it, but I don't I don't really do it all the time, man, because I don't want to be. Yeah, you gotta be. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get to that point where it's like. I'm in like this Xanaxed out like mode all the time. Zombie, I don't. I don't yeah. think it would be good for my creativity. You got to be coherent sometimes, um, man. And I don't think I could really do it all the time. But some people can do it all the time. and Be straight, like, and uh, and you but think yeah, so? yeah, he does, Bruh, There was a time Gaines when, does. I mean, he does. <laughs> there was a time when, a lot, I, was, when I would come to your path. He keeps it like you know. Try to keep my cool while I was on. Yeah. while I was yeah. on some of those, and I would, but I would just be like kind of like sloppy, you yeah. know. Like with how I was like doing everything, <laughs> I'd be and I'd be way too into myself, kind of not way too into myself, but I'd just be like, but everything is fucking hot right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's back to talking about that that parallel paradox type thing between like lyrics and music and hip hop. Uh, we did this one track, me and me and Gaines. I'm gonna talk about it a little bit and then we'll move on because it's just like it's it's crazy because it's like I made this beat for him and it was like really slow and like mellow and like kind of chill, kind of upbeat feeling and he comes in and like the way he raps is just like really soft and like almost like it has like no emotion in his voice but the shit he's rapping about is crazy like he's just rapping over the beat and he's like this is the way i sounds he's just like i wanted to ball but i can't ball with bullets in my leg like straight up just like like he's just like talking and but he's rapping too. I don't know, man. It trips me the fuck out. And like the beat that he rapped over, <laughs> it just tripped me the fuck out. And like he just starts rapping about just shit. And then we did another track, and he's rapping about you know his grandmother dying. I, I think that's who who, or who was in the song, and uh, just a whole bunch of other crazy shit, man, in the song. But I don't know. How much time do we have? That's what I'm checking. Oh, what time do we got? Uh, uh. <laughs> do we talk about anything really? Uh, we got into his music. I mean, we talked was, about a lot. No, we man, did talk about something because uh, that was that was fast. You guys went in. Yeah, that right. was a quick hour. Into, oh shit! Well, yeah. Well, okay. Well, Where can people find your mix? Your music, man, bro. You? Well, that was man. This is a really good talk. Like it was just we can find it right now. We can get it at SoundCloud.com/slash ChipmanTooth and. That's where it's at right now. Like it's gonna, it's about to be an article in the Gazette about it. So yeah, we did a like a, a interview and like a photo shoot thing, thing. And uh, you know, we're gonna put it on <laughs> other sites like Audio Mac and you know, uh, Bandcamp where people can download it. Because right now it's just streaming on there. So Mantooth out now on SoundCloud.com. Where can people find you? Um, Igloo Panda. <coughs> <coughs> Igloo Panda, that's like an igloo in a panda on Facebook, on Twitter. Yeah, Yo, you know, that's like not, oh, no, no. that's not politically correct for Eskimos. <laughs> and I just uh, called them Eskimos, and that's not politically correct either. But yeah, Twitter, really Facebook, uh, Instagram, it's all like the same thing. Same, same, same here. SoundCloud, same thing. S- and then. And it's the Sativa Profits, your collective? It's a, yeah, Sativa Profits is the collective that I'm in, and it's got Huckweed, Rod Malone, uh, Teta Jet. A new dude named Mars Deli, who is now also my uh, official spirit animal. <laughs> and cool. uh, yeah, he said some Trill Collins. Some very he's real a, shit yesterday. He's a producer. He's in it too. All right. Um, and so yeah. And yeah. your militant minds? Well, um, or was? I mean, it'll. Uh, it's it's kind of like the in, in militant minds of the set. Like that's the base <coughs> base uh, 
group. I'm not Millet Tamanza no more. It's just Chip Man Tooth right Chip now. Chip Man Tooth. So that's what Solo it is. Solo act. Solo act, Chip Man Tooth. Word. Well, on January 16th, I'll be hosting at Giggles Comedy Club in Midtown. Show There's going to be <coughs> two shows, 8 and 10. There'll be more info on that. Go to ChandlerWatson.com and uh, make sure you live free. It's free. been Don't Call It a Podcast. Yeah.